0: The art of a greeting. The act of greeting is so much more than a social formula. Uh, it has moral relevance. It has halachic relevance. It's the entry-level expectation of an act of respect. To understand that, let's first look at the din regarding interruptions in speech. So when we speak, there are natural pauses between words, slightly longer pauses between sentences, and longer pauses still between paragraphs. But a pause can also indicate that I've finished talking about subject A and I'm about to move on to a completely different and unrelated subject. And the amount, the the length of a pause, which is deemed in halakha to be the end of a a subject and the beginning of some other subject is called tok de dibur. That is the amount of, of pause which is normal in a conversation. If one pauses more than the normal pause, then that's considered a cessation of the, pre, of the first communication and the beginning of something new. The length of toh dibur is regarded, as we see in our Gemara, this is one of the sources of it, as the amount of time it takes to say, shalom alecha rabbi, uh, basically shalom alecha my teacher. Why is that? Why doesn't the, the Gemara? why doesn't Allah just say? It's three seconds or two and a half seconds, or four seconds, or whatever it is. Why are we given this phrase as the measure of an interruption? And that's because there are times where one can be compelled to interrupt what one is saying for that length of time. So if a person's Rebbe, a person's primary teacher, walks past while one's in the middle of certain parts of davening, or you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody else, you you have to stop and greet your Rebbe because... It's disrespectful to allow your Rebbe to walk past you without acknowledging him, without uh, showing him that level of respect. And so that's given as the requirement. Since it's feasible that you are compelled to interrupt your conversation, your statement, for the length of time it takes to say Shalom Aleichem Rebbe, uh, that amount of time is considered a normal interruption and isn't really an interruption at all. And we have various different places where that has relevance, including the case of our Mishnah. Where if a man says, I'm a Nazir, um, and another man standing by says, Va'ani, Me too. So that, that Me too, maybe this is where the origins of the Me too movement started, Va'ani. A person says, Me too, he's attaching himself to the statement that has just been made and applying that statement to himself as well. And the Mishnah, later on the Gemara, go to all sorts of interesting halachot that result from that. But that's called Hat Passah. One can uh, take, take Nazir roots not by saying the full formula yourself, but by saying, I want to be part of his Nazir, just as he's a Nazir. That Nazir should apply to me as well. The length of time between the first person saying, I am a Nazir, and the second person saying, Va'ani, me too, is less than Toch Dibur. Uh, is what the Gemara says at the bottom of the of the Chafah And The Gemara then says that's a bit of a problem because if you leave, if if, you, if that's the amount of your of time, it's, this is Resh Lakish talking to Rabbi Yehudan the which is not the famous Rabbi Yehudan it's his his grandson, I think it is, much later than than him. He's uh, uh, an Amoran and Resh Lakish and Rabbi Yehudan the are having this conversation. He says, in that case, you're not really allowing much time because uh, if if a man is, is about to say va'ani and his Rebbe walks past and he has to say shalom aleichem Rebbe, uh, and then after that he's got to say that he is a Nazir or maybe a, th- a third person wants to also say va'ani, that doesn't leave enough time and the Gemara goes into that conversation. But what I want to look at with you really is the importance of saying shalom aleichem, the importance of saying shalom, of, of greeting a person with peace. Why is this so important? Where does it come from? And perhaps the origin of it is in, in Parshat Shoftim where we're told el if you approach a city and you're about to enter into war with that city, karata the first thing you do is you greet them with peace. And although Rashi says that's only a milchemet reshut, Rabbeinu Chaya says it's all wars, even a milchemet mitzvah, in any case of war, um, that is the case. And even Amon and Moab, we're not permitted to reach out to them to create peace. But if they come towards us and, and ask for peace and gesture peacefully, uh, we have to accept that. And the Rabbi Enu Bechai says, kama gadol ko'acha shalom. That halacha of how to conduct yourself in battle teaches you the power of shalom. If you have to use a greeting of shalom to an enemy that you're about to go to war with, how much more so do you have to use shalom as a way of greeting somebody you're friendly with? And if you have to greet somebody you're friendly with, with with shalom, uh, how much more so if it's somebody you respect, if it's your Rebbe? And so we see this this powerful requirement. When two two people uh, encounter one another, even if they're familiar with one another, there's often a moment of doubt, particularly if the other person doesn't recognize you, if the person doesn't acknowledge you. And then things start going on in your head. Uh, Are they angry with me? Did I do something to make them angry? What's wrong with them? Are they going through a difficult time? You don't know what's happening. It just eases the passageway of communication and connection to say shalom aleichem, to smile at the person and greet them. And that uh, calms their mind of any thought of uh, what might be going on and, and what might be the reason for the lack of greeting. So we greet no matter what and we open the channels for peace. We open the channels for connection, even in situations of war. On that Posekin volume, there's a remarkable Datsakenemi Balea Tosfat. Datsakenemi Balea was uh, actually published only about 250 years ago, but it's the work of the Tosphotists. So they'll be looking at. Uh, 12th century to 14th century, um, the, the same people who wrote the Tosfat on Shas also added to Rashi's commentary on, on the Chumash. Just as they added to Rashi's commentary on the Gemara and called it Tosfot, which means addition, so they added to Rashi on Chumash and called it Dazukeni Mibalea Tosvot. And he says, the Badat Baalea Mibalea uh, Tosef, that, that's came about. says, Shalom is so important that HaShem distorted facts on on several occasions, and he records the different different occasions in order to make sure that there's peace. Um, and, and so he goes through and he said, also we're told that Shualim B'Shalom Shalom even an idol worshipper, we, we don't approve of their worldview, of their morality, of their ethics, but you still say shalom so as to encourage the ways of shalom, to encourage peaceful relationships between different communities. And then he says something incredible. the shalom That there is one law of initiating a greeting and bidding somebody shalom. But if the other person says shalom to you first, you have an even greater responsibility to reciprocate. And he says, not only if somebody says shalom to you, do you have to say shalom back again, but you've got to give him a double blessing. You've got to say more than shalom. And you've got to say, If he just says shalom aleichem, you say shalom alecha uvrach and have a blessed day, or blessings upon you. Uh, where from, and he brings a proof of this from "Kitekadmeno berchatov tashitler rosho ateret paza" pasuk in Tehilim, which means he says "Kitekadmeno b'shalom." If somebody has initiated a greeting to you, "Tarich l'azilu berchatov perish Brachatova, you've got to respond with more than a shalom. You've got to respond with a bracha tova, and that's why Rabbi Yochanan says, "Miyamaylo hikdimani adam leshalom v'afilu akum bashuk." I have never allowed a person to be the first to greet me. I've always been the first to greet. Even if it's an unknown stranger, a non-Jewish person, an idol worshiper, I have still initiated the greeting. Because if the idol worshiper would have initiated the greeting and, and said Shalom Aleichem, to me, hey, rich, rich, bold, low, shalom. I would have to double up and give him extra broche, and I don't want to be in a situation to have to give an idol worshiper an extra broche. Uh, one's not supposed to do that for a an idol worshiper. And so he goes on to give other cases of where shalom is so important. This idea of reciprocating a blessing, that that you need to say shalom, we all need to say shalom aleichem, we need to say to greet people when we meet them and and bless them with peace, but do even more so in the event that they've initiated the peace, that comes also from a comment in the Sefer Chassidim. The Sefer Chassidim was written by Rabbi Hudrachos in the 13th century, and it's a beautiful, wonderful sefer of, of how to be a Jewish person, well, all the things one has to do, uh, and live a Jewish life, a life of Torah. And he says, shalom shal chachamim, In the way that chachomim, greet one another, safra the initiator would say, may you have a good morning, safra tav, arich leila. may you have a good morning and may it be good forever. Hamishiv kofel shalom, The person reciprocating the greeting has to add on to the to the to the greeting, has to double up the greeting, and uh, it's it's pointed out that the source for this could be a medrash in Parshish Nach, where Rabbi Yochanan says, "In kidamcha be'adashim kadmen be'vasar." If somebody offers you a meal of lentils, then your reciprocation should be meat, not just lentils. Because he initiated first. And here we have an incredibly important principle in interpersonal relationships and connections. Um, If a person does a kindness to me, I'm indebted to them. The only way I can avoid being indebted to them is by reciprocating. But if I reciprocate, says Rabbi Yochanan, the same as he gave me, I have not yet fully uh, acquitted myself and and, uh, uh, have paid back, so to say, what he did to me. I've just given him back the tangible amount that he did. But I haven't paid him back for the fact that he initiated. He took the risk. He reached out and offered it to me first. So, So there are two elements. When a person initiates a greeting or an act of kindness, there is the greeting and the kindness itself. But there's additional value in the fact that I took the risk and reached out and initiated. And the reciprocator has to recognize that, and therefore has to reciprocate with something bigger, with something more valuable, with something more meaningful than what the uh, initial person gave. And that's the an idea of chesed, uh, that the world gets built with chesed. When one person does a kindness to another, the other reciprocates with an even greater kindness, and so it goes backwards and forwards. And that's how we, the, the world gets built. It's a foundation of business. You offer value to a customer and the customer pays you, including a profit. He pays you more than your cost of producing the goods you gave him. That's the profit and the investors have invested money. You return more money to the investor than they invested in you. This idea of COFEL, of adding to kindness when we reciprocate, is how relationships are built. It's how the world is built. Imagine if we all did that all the time, recognizing every time, Somebody has done something for us, and particularly when they've taken the risk and initiated and reached out, our obligation to recognize that and to be able to respond in a way that's even more, and that's brought in Shulchan Aruch. We don't find in Shulchan Aruch the din that you've got to double up when somebody greets you, but it's implied in, in Yerodea in Kuf Chet, where it says, Shalom that uh, you can't double up Shalom to an idol worshiper. And therefore, you should be the first to greet him, so that he shouldn't uh, have to. So that he shouldn't greet you first, and then you'll be obligated to to double up. That means that if he does greet you first, you are obligated to double up. It's not just for Jewish people. It's for this is a law in humanity. This is the way to treat all human beings, and that comes. The Vilna Gon says from uh, a Gemara that we have um, in, in in Gittin Tav Samach where Ravchista maktim v'yayev lehu shalma. It says Ravchista used to say shalom, he used to greet non-Jewish people, even idol worshippers first. And the run says on that, the run on the Riff says, k'dei shelo yitzdarech lechaflo im hem shalom So that he won't have to double up if they were to initiate the greeting to him. And that says the Vilna Go'on is the origin of the Shulchan Aruch that we... Um, have to initiate greetings to everybody, but certainly in the case of a non-Jew or an idol worshipper, it's it's imperative to do so. And this idea of the role of peace, um, of of being able to create connection with people, of being able to allow a flow of goodwill between people, between communities, between countries, is so important. Uh, Rabbi Chaim Shmuel Levitz used to explain uh, the Gomorrah in Brachus where Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zachar became ill and his Talmudim came to, to visit him. And he was crying and they said, the Light of Israel, this powerful being, What are you crying about? And he said, among other things, I'm about to pass away and before me there's a road to Gan Eden and there's a road to Gehenem, to hell. And I don't know which one I'm going down. And Reb Chaim Shmuel Levitz used to explore so beautifully, how does one know whether what one is doing is right? And he used to explain, it's not just about whether an action that you're doing is right or not, you can look up the Shukhan Aruch and see. The question is, is your worldview appropriate? Are you on the right path? Because if you're on the wrong path, you won't know that everything you're doing is wrong, everything you're thinking is wrong, everything you're saying is wrong. Where do, where do you get that from? And yes, we get that from our abayim, that's the importance of Masorah, that's the importance of a tradition of being able to learn Torah from somebody that can help you compose a worldview, look at the world in a way that is based on the Torah and founded in the Torah so that built on that worldview, the conclusions you make, the assumptions you make are all in line with Torah. <coughs> but how does one know? How does one know who to choose as a source of Masura? How does one know whether one's own way of thinking is is in fact Torah? And he used to say, that's based on the, the pasuk in Mishle of the Rachel Noam V'chilna Shalom, that The ways of Torah are pleasant and lead to peace. If the, ways, if, if the way you're conducting yourself leads to pleasant relationships and connections, if the way you're conducting yourself leads to peace and harmony, then you're probably on the route of Torah. But if you're keeping the Torah, of course, assuming you're doing everything else, correct. You're keeping the Shulchan Aruch and you're learning and studying and living Torah. But you can be learning and studying and living Torah and and it isn't pleasant. You can be learning and studying and living Torah and it isn't leading to Shalom. And Rechaim used to say that Pasuk in Mishli teaches us, then you've got to know that Torah is flawed. Torah that leads to machlokis. Torah that leads to uh, conflict is not is not Torah. It's fine for it to, to lead to debate, to disagreement. We know how to handle disagreements and to have different views. But when it's machlekes, when it's undermining, when it's destructive, when it's about personalities rather than about issues, and then we get to a point where this is no longer Torah because shalom is such an important foundation of Torah and such an indicator as to whether we are in fact living and acting in accordance with Torah. And so if a person is in the middle of a conversation or even Kriya Shema in certain situations, and a person's Rebbe, the person who has given him the approach to Torah, who has taught him what a way of peace is, this person walks past, you interrupt what you're doing, you say, Shalom Aleichem Rebbe. And that's not considered an interruption, because that's something that the halakha requires of us.